It was my privilege to have an Orange Sox interview with Beth and Bryce, the parents of Smith, who has Angelman Syndrome. Beth, will you please tell me about your son, Smith? He was diagnosed with Angelman Syndrome when he was almost three. He was two, two and a half. He was born with Angelman Syndrome, which we didn't know at the time, but it's he's missing a marker on his the 15th chromosome. And sometimes it can be a mutation. Sometimes it can be a complete deletion of that marker, and his is a complete deletion. Usually kids with a complete deletion, they are a little more severe than kids with the mutation because we went to an Angelman Syndrome conference a couple summers ago and you notice a wide range of abilities the kids have anywhere from not walking, talking, or using their hands, which is our son, to walking and even saying a few words or they can feed themselves. But our son can't walk, um, he can't talk. We feed him every meal and he just, he can roll around, he can sit up, um, but yeah, that's... So how did you find out about the diagnosis? Uh, it was after he was born, I noticed first he wasn't looking at me at all. Around like four to six weeks, he still wasn't looking at me. And so we thought maybe it's his eyes. Get his eyes checked out. We got his eyes checked out, they were fine. And then it was just more developmental issues as he got older wasn't rolling, wasn't um, crawling, wasn't, you know, he wasn't crawling, he wasn't using his hands, he wasn't cooing, he wasn't talking, he wasn't looking at things. And so by the time he was one, we started the fun cycle of neurologists, geneticists, specialists, GI specialists, all these people that were trying to figure out what he had. So Bryce, how did you feel when you got that diagnosis? Oh, it, we were elated because it had been over two years and finally a microarray analysis of his blood was able to determine what he had and so that was more of we were excited because prior to that some people were thinking maybe oh, some doctors were thinking maybe we're going to test for muscle muscle dystrophy and if that's the case then he may only have some time to live and but when we found out as angel man we we were really excited because yeah, he'd be able to be with us for, you know, until until we kick the bucket, if, you know, and that was really exciting for us. And then we could kind of make a plan and try to figure things out a little bit instead of just being in the dark for so long. And uh, yeah, that was, that was an exciting day. So you knew something was wrong. You just didn't know what it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Medical mystery he was for okay. two years. So what's been the hardest part? of this before we had our second son who is neurotypical he can do everything um, we would watch families with their neurotypical children walking down the street doing just completely everyday normal things and that wasn't our normal life and like thinking about Bryce said oh, thinking about take not being able to take him hiking or fishing or you know any of those things it was kind of a, a different way of defining a child relationship with a parent. And so it was um, the hardest thing was just kind of this loss of a dream of having this child that's going to be walking and talking and laughing and well, he laughs, but you know, having that relationship, it's a different kind of relationship. I, we understand that now, but then it was, it was hard for me to go to say play groups with other moms when they all had these kids that were whining to them and wanting things and I thought it was so cute because my son just 
pretty much laid there and didn't do anything. And they would complain, oh, it's so annoying when my son does this, you know. And I was thinking, oh, that would be the best thing ever, you know. <laughs> and I kind of felt a little, you know, left out of just normal mom raising. <laughs> yeah, sure. What's been the hardest thing for you? Oh, well, I mean, he's our first. So I had these dreams of, yeah, like Beth said, walking. I'm a big athlete and my dad used to teach me to throw a baseball and we played all these sports and we go hiking, fish, whatever. Um, but then the realization that, yeah, I mean, this is going to be your whole life and you will probably have to change his diapers your whole life and you will have to feed him your whole life. And it really made me realize how selfish perhaps I was to think that he on a certain level was was I was going to have to be a, a caretaker, if you will, or a nurse or whatever you want to call it. And, and I don't get paid for this. It was, and you don't get the interaction. You don't get the, I love you, dad. You don't get any of these things. And so that for me was the hardest. I'm a young dad, you know, when, when he was born and I'm still very physically fit. And uh, I wanted to teach him how to read and write and all, all these types of things. And then it turned into, well, if he eats the food today and if, uh, <laughs> If we can actually get him to to go to the bathroom, you know, to we now we're excited about this when we when he has a good bowel movement, we get thrilled because we know he's going to be happier, he's going to sleep better, he's just at peace, and that's turned into our joy in a way. Is yeah, seeing him at peace, just seeing him being comfortable. But yeah, it was you know praying, thinking, reading, studying, asking people for help. I mean, this was something new and neither of our parents have had uh, any handicapped kids so it wasn't as if we could well mom knows what this what this is like so maybe we could ask her and it's, you do feel alone on a lot of levels so that was that was for me just emotionally and, and mentally more challenging than perhaps I don't really mind doing the diaper stuff and feeding him because he kind of likes it but just when you're thinking at night you know and you have no idea what if he's feeling sick or sad he doesn't communicate it with you so you're just you're in the dark a lot and that's you know it can be really sure really sad so so Beth what are the joys I would say he has a happy demeanor and kids with Angelman syndrome are known to have kind of an angelic demeanor about them and I think it brings me a lot of joy when he smiles and when he's happy and also having another child to experience Smith in a way he has a sibling now and and we can you know this is your brother you know and they hold hands together I think he's still part of our family and I feel like I when he was first born and you would hear people say ah, I and they had special needs children I wouldn't change my I wouldn't change my son for anything and I I was feeling so selfish because I thought I would. Uh, if I had the power or ability to change him, I would. And so then as the years have gone by and we've gotten to know Smith on a different level, there's a different relationship you have with someone that can't talk. And now that we know Smith on this kind of another dimension of communication, I feel like I would now I've gotten to that point of I understand what they're saying why what they mean by I wouldn't change him for anything because what he's brought to us and the understanding and the enlightenment that I've had from having a special needs child is a way bigger education than I could ever have hoped for or dreamed of and I am so grateful for it and I think 
the joy of just being, it's almost an honor for me to change his diapers and to, to sing to him even though he's mad or, you know, just it, there's a kind of an honor in taking care of someone that can't take care of themselves. So Bryce, what impact has he had on your family, uh, extended family or even your uh, immediate family? What impact has he had? Oh, it's it's something you don't expect initially. I, I mean, we recently had both families get together and kind of have a celebration for Smith's eighth birthday. And it was <laughs> really a beautiful experience because we were celebrating Smith. A lot of times it seems that the parents will be, oh, you are strong people, oh, you're amazing, and how do you do this, and how do you do that? And and we don't think we think Smith's amazing. We want to have a celebration for Smith and to see the impact he's had on Beth's family, on my family, on I have seven siblings, and uh, from Beth's side she has four siblings. And I mean the tears, the joy, these kids, uh, his his uh, uh, aunts and uncles, his his cousins. Um, they just, there's this soul that's in Smith. And I, I love this aspect that you, you recognize, obviously he has problems. And what's so beautiful is watching the hearts of even kids or your parents or your aunts and uncles just, they want to be with him, they want to help, they want to, watching his younger brother want to help him, not because we tell him to, just this, this five-year-old kid wanting to make sure Smith's around or, um, holding his hand while they're watching a movie together these 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 types of things that that if smith wasn't around you you would ask yourself certain questions about humanity where is the humanity in this world that smith naturally brings out the, those beautiful things and these rigid sometimes stubborn people that wow it's powerful really powerful so beth if i came to you because i just found out my child as angel ones, what advice would you give me? What would you tell me? I would probably want to be there to support you mostly. Say, if you ever need someone to talk to, I'm here to talk to, but just assure them that their child is going to be a light in their lives, just like any child would be. And there's, it's gonna get harder and easier as they get older, cause you're gonna be able to communicate more with them as they get older, but it's, you know, as they get bigger, it's gonna be harder, but um, just like any child, I think harder and easier, harder and easier as they get older. But I would just admonish them to, you know, keep going and keep, you know, researching and making sure kids are healthy and happy and just be a good mom to the kids, basically. I'm a good father, right. too. What advice would you give me, Bryce? I would say it's okay if you feel like you can't do this on your own, that I'm here for you. And there's a whole community of people who will help you who are excited to help and yeah that you know as, as almost cheesy as it sounds you're not alone in this that uh, and there are people who want to help and yeah but also to recognize that that you have been that you are in a way if you want you know I don't want to get too spiritual but you, you've been given this child for a reason and there's a lot of trust that goes into it and that you're a beautiful powerful amazing human being who you'll see how great having this experience will make you in a way that you will become something more caring, loving, um, willing to reach out, willing to take care of. It just, it almost seems that Smith's has, has transformed me personally into just a more humble, kind, selfless 
person that that I'm so thankful that I that I've at least I'm trying to become that. But but he's he's really just if you stick with it, like Beth Beth said, yeah, your heart just gets bigger and and your joy, the joy of life really shines through him and it shines through yeah it's just a beautiful thing so yeah cry of course <laughs> laugh have fun i mean i i don't know because with our other child too our neurotypical child it's not as if it's a different type of joy too he does the same things on a certain level but but smith really boy he he helps you grow in ways that you can't you can't imagine so that's what i'd say